Well, welcome everybody to re-engage. Um, glad that everybody could uh, give us this evening and uh, spend it here. Um, my name is Eric Frank, and this is my amazing and beautiful wife, Gina. We've been married for 15 years, and we have three kids together. There they are. Don't let the cuteness fool you. Uh, so I grew up in a family with both parents and two siblings. Our parents raised us in the church, and my very Italian mom gave us all free lessons daily on open communication. Um, my early childhood was spent growing up in New Mexico and was fairly carefree. Um, at the age of eight, however, I was introduced to pornography while at a sleepover at a friend's house. Um, it was not until much later in my life that I realized just how much of an impact that one moment would have on me going forward. My brother and I grew up in a Christian home. My dad is actually a pastor. I came to know Jesus at a very young age, but did not fully understand what a deep, intimate relationship with him looked like and did not form one until later in my marriage. My dad's family was also a huge part of my upbringing. When I was a preteen, we lived on a family ranch together. It was then that my aunt's husband be became sexually abusive. This began the process of building walls that I thought would protect me, but really they just left me very isolated. I buried the abuse and I tried to move on. In school, I wanted desperately to be liked, but also had a deep desire to please my parents, which fortunately kept me out of a lot of trouble. People be, sorry, people pleasing became a huge part of my life along with internalizing most everything and a struggle with deep depression began. This looked like isolating, self-harm, and pretending I was great when I was around others. My family moved to Texas in 1990, where I became heavily involved in competitive gymnastics. Uh, this took up most of my time throughout middle and high school, and because of that, my relationship with the Lord took a back seat. Um, when I was available, my parents would drag me to church, which was less than enjoyable. Um, I would look to find any excuse not to go, including taking a job that had me working on Sundays. Um, I met Gina in the fall of 1997, and all of a sudden, I had this new desire to be at church as much as I could. <laughs> um, we started dating, and after four years, we got married in December of 2001. As a sophomore in high school, my dad took a job at a small church, which he had to practically drag us to. Until one Sunday, we walked in, the crowd parted, and I saw the most incredible vision ever, Eric. <laughs> I turned to my friend and I told her, you see that guy? I'm gonna marry him one day. Now, I'm not sure that this was love at first sight or if he was just that hot, but I, mean. but I said it, and here we sit married. Our dating relationship was very confusing and per perhaps should have been a great indication of what our marriage was going to be like. But four years into this on-again and off-again relationship, we were engaged, engaged and married just eight months later. Our first years of marriage reflected my level of preparedness for the task. Disastrous. I had no clue how to be a husband or how to care for my wife, and our premarital counseling did surprisingly little to help with that as well. Once we were married, I didn't know how to make a switch from single and dating to married and being one. I thought my addiction to pornography and masturbation would no longer be an issue once we got married as well, but that was not the case. I selfishly would still go hang out with my buddies just like I did before and was unaware of the damage I was causing Gina. 
She discovered my addiction a couple of years into our marriage through my browsing history and was devastated. Neither one of us really knew how to handle it. I was embarrassed and she was angry and hurt. I gained 60 pounds in the first three months of our marriage from complications with birth control. That, along with an absent husband, made my insecurities grow even more. I became very rigid, especially with Eric. I had never thought of myself as an angry person. It had always been toward myself. But now sharing a life with someone else, it was leaking out on him. I would scream and throw things at him, slam doors and break things. We were still attending church, but not letting anyone in on how things really were at home. When I found out about Eric's addiction, I, I confronted him and said I didn't know if I wanted to stay in this marriage and gave him ultimatums. At first, our relationship seemed to be getting better, but as time went on, we fell back into old habits. I felt that my needs were not being met and began to notice another man's attentiveness. We served together, and it was fun talking to him. Flirting became an escape from the reality of the disappointment of my own marriage. I began to imagine a life with this other person and would often think of him instead of Eric. I no longer wanted to be Eric's wife. I was not looking to the Lord. I was looking for affection, attention, and approval from man. Matthew 6.21 says, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. I saw the pain my addiction caused Gina and tried to stop, but inevitably it came right back and with no accountability, I was right back to square one. Around 2004, my health quickly deteriorated. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis. I became bedridden because I was so weak, I could barely even stand. <clears throat> I had so much time on my hands now, and I began to ask God why this had happened. I was angry and confused, and I remember calling out to God for what seemed like the first time on purpose and pleaded with him to please heal me or end it, but I couldn't live like this anymore. Everything in my life had been stripped away for the first time. I was able to see just how much God was no longer a part of my life. Jeremiah 29, 11-13 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When Eric first told me he was having some health issues, I was concerned for him and went with him to see a specialist. There we all became aware of how sick Eric really was. He weighed in at a whopping 107 pounds and was told one more ounce loss would send him to the hospital. He had been bedridden for months and could no longer escape me. Now we were with each other more than we had ever been since being married. I started to notice that he was a different man and began to enjoy our interaction with each other and wanted to be with him. I then confessed to him the feelings I had for the other person. Eric was hurt but began to make new strides in being a loving and attentive husband. God softened my heart over the next year, and I was truly able to love Eric again. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. During this time is when Gina revealed to me that she had the emotional affair. 
I was definitely upset. But at that point, God had already started to change my heart. Before, my reaction would have been driven by anger, self-righteousness, but it was different now. I felt sad and frustrated at the way that I had behaved to make my wife feel like she needed to seek that attention somewhere else. God truly blessed my recovery, and in the next couple years, I was back in school full-time and working again. Our marriage was definitely different, and Gina even commented on how much I had changed. However, I still knew that my addiction was not gone. It was merely waiting for that perfect moment of weakness to exploit. I truly didn't know how to stop, and I felt helpless. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what's common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Our relationship with the Lord has had grown as well as with each other. But with a new baby, lack of sleep, and Eric gone a lot, we started to, once again, fall back into old patterns. I discovered new history on our computer and became so angry with Eric I could barely look at him. Meanwhile, I was looking to music and singing within the church to fulfill me. Being a worship leader soon became my identity, and I thought I had it all together. A new couple to our church who loved to work with young married couples asked if we would like to start meeting with them. We agreed to meet with them, and I felt that they would justify my feelings of insecurities and wanting a divorce. However, they did not ask us about our history. They did not ask us about our struggles. What they did was point us to the one who could heal us, Jesus. It was during this time we began to serve each other instead of serving ourselves. My anger with Eric's addiction quickly diminished, and we both began to strive to be a better spouse and love each other well. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. I was excited about meeting with this new couple because I knew that we needed to do something intentional, but I had no idea what. I was not super pumped about the idea of sharing about my addiction, however. Uh, As we began to meet with them, they were so loving and patient. Instead of dredging up the past, they helped us to focus on bringing God back into the center of our marriage. And then it asked us to begin looking for different ways that we could serve each other throughout the week. During this time, our marriage grew more than it ever had before, and we were now intentionally investing in our relationships with God and each other regularly. A couple of years later, I was offered a job in Dallas, which would move us away from family and friends for the first time and begin a new chapter in our relationship with God, our marriage, and our family. Now with three kids in tow and a couple of great years of marriage behind us, we moved to Dallas. We were told about Watermark a couple of weeks into living here and began attending regularly right away. Fairly quickly, the newness of the move wore off and I spiraled into a deep depression. Without all my tasks I had in Austin, I felt that I had no purpose any longer and my anger was now explosive toward Eric and my kids. Yeah, the move to Dallas, while at first was exciting, was difficult and challenging. It was another time that God used to strip things away so that we would focus on him and allow him to be enough. For the first time after becoming members at Watermark, we joined a community group and found out what living in biblical community looks like. We also began to attend Reengage. It was one of the best things we've ever done for our marriage to date. It really helped us to focus on our own habits and hangups that caused misfires in our marriage. When we started, we rated ourselves at about a seven 
Um, and we like to say that we finished at a true seven. We still have work to do. Uh, for the first time, uh, I'm willing to confess my struggles with porn. Uh, and I had other men that met me with love and encouraged me to deepen my relationship with the Lord daily. I wanted to go to, to re-engage. It was my idea. But I also... <laughs> But I was also so prideful about why we had come. I didn't want anyone to think we were struggling. More importantly, I didn't want anyone to think I was struggling. As we dug into the material week after week, I began to see the unhealthy patterns in my own life that were affecting my marriage and my parenting. I began to really be conscious of the way I talked to Eric and not as defensive when he would show me the areas where I was hurting him and hurting our marriage. The chapter that changed my life was emotional intimacy about being fully known. The walls I had in place had kept me from being fully known for fear of rejection and misunderstanding me even from my husband. These walls had kept me trapped along with all my pain and memories that I had buried so deep. I was tired of being in the dark and tired of being alone. Eric knew of my abuse, but he didn't know all of it. And after working up the courage to tell him about the missing pieces, I laid it all out for him. He met me with such kindness, love, and support he prayed with me, and we began the process of my recovery from sexual abuse. I have now been through shelter, a memory here, a memory, <laughs> um, a ministry here at Watermark for women who have been sexually abused. Through reengage, shelter, and authentic community group, I began to see my where my identity was in my music and how much others valued me. I am now trying to look to God alone for my identity. I am a daughter of Christ. He chose me, loves me, and wants me. He wants me to live a life of freedom, free of fear for my sins, free of sinning in my anger, and free from people pleasing. This is a daily battle. Luke 9.23 says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. With this newfound security, I am free to love others and build deep, lasting relationships, as well as a beautiful and rich marriage with Eric. What I've come to figure out is that God didn't mean for me to go at it alone. I was constantly having to manipulate circumstances and people to do what I wanted them to do. Instead, I've learned to rely more on God and love Gina instead of trying to control everything. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. God has helped me to understand that the goal is progress, not perfection. He knows that we're not perfect and that we will mess up. God has always loved us right where we are and also loves us enough not to let us stay there. If I can leave you all with one word of encouragement tonight, it would be that a good marriage is hard work and something that you'll have to make the decision to work on daily, maybe even hourly. 
We are two imperfect people, but with God's grace, our marriage continues to grow towards oneness. Romans 3, 23 through 24 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Thank you for letting us share.